Um, I'm going to talk tonight about dreaming with God, dreaming with the Father. Does, does anybody here actually engage in Joel 2.28 and the power of the Holy Ghost? He said He promised you. He said, if my Spirit comes on you, you might dream, you might have visions, right? It's kind of a maybe thing. Is that true? No, no, no. I think the word in that Scripture is you will dream... You will have the vision of the Lord. You will know my voice and I'll lead you into the supernatural. Amen? You know, the Lord spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 6. And he he told Moses, he says, Your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they knew me as El Shaddai. They knew me as this merciful God. They knew about me. But they didn't actually know the God of miracles. He says, I'm going to introduce my nature to you as Yahweh. Anybody ever hear of the I am? Right? The I am. That's what Yahweh means. It's the I am. It actually means the God of miracles. The God of the supernatural. I will show myself strong to you. What did Jesus say? What what made the Pharisees so angry when Jesus showed up on the scene? He kept saying, I am. I am is on the scene. There's a miracle over here. There's wine. They make wine out of, out, out of grape juice, right? There's a miracle here. The blind see. The deaf hear. The I am is here. And he kept saying, I am. I am. I am. Do you know the I am? Yeah. Right? Do you know the God of miracles? Do you know the God of the supernatural? If you don't, we're going to introduce you to Him tonight. Amen? Anybody need introduced to the God of miracles? Right? Because when you get rocked by the God of miracles, nobody needs to keep convincing you to stay in church. Nobody needs to keep convincing you to go witness. You can't stop witnessing. You can't stop prophesying because you met the I Am. Amen? Say this with me. Say, Jesus, reveal Yourself to me as the I Am. I've read about You, the El Shaddai. Come on, I've read about You. But I want to know You. As the I am, the miracle worker. Amen? (laughs) Amen. You see, when you live with the Lord, when you live in what He is speaking to you, it's a completely different life. You're not subject to what the world is saying. You're not subject to the limitations the world puts on you. Because you know the I am. You know the miracle worker. And when the miracle worker speaks, he dreams with you. Anybody dream with the Lord? Anybody have the vision of the Lord? I thirst after the presence of the Lord. I get up every day. I can't wait to get my coffee, sit in my prayer room chair, and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost because I know He's going to speak to me. I know He's got a new thing to say to me. I know He's going to teach me about a scripture one day, and the next day He's going to say, go over here. No, tomorrow you're going to go to Toledo. No, tomorrow you're going to go down and and visit Cricket. Wherever, you know, it's about, what are you doing today, Lord? Anybody have... An anxiousness in their heart to expect in what the I am is doing. You know, when you begin to expect in what the I am is doing, you begin to change your whole view of the world. It doesn't matter what CNN's beating into your head. Are you with me? It doesn't matter what the narrative is. Let's make America afraid. Let's keep America bound and fearful so we can control them. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to go there. (laughs) you catching my drift the voice of God is the most dominant force in the world nothing can stop it the darkness it doesn't matter how dark it is it doesn't matter how broken you are it doesn't matter anything the only thing that matters is what the Lord says 
Amen is what the Lord says. And so tonight we're going to talk about dreaming. We're going to talk about the vision of the Lord and dwelling in what He is saying. Right? In Psalm 126 verse 1, it says that when the Lord brought the captives to Zion, He's talking about those who were taken into captivity into Babylon. Okay? Babylon means confusion by mixture. Anybody confused right now? When the Lord begins to speak to you and pull you back, this Scripture really applies. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like those who dream. It was as if we were free. We were not bound to what the world was saying and what the world limited you to and how the world defined you because we're connected to what the Lord says. I know the I Am. Anybody with me? You know the I Am? You know the I Am? Come on, man. When you know the I am, nothing can stop you. Nothing can contain you. Nothing can limit you. Right? One person who knows the I am walks with the army of God. There is not one thing that can stop you. If he said it, it will happen. Right? That makes me drunk too. I get drunk in the Holy Ghost when the Lord says, you're going to do this. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to India again. I'm, oh my God, there's going to be 10,000 people praying in the Holy Ghost. Oh, oh my God, I can't wait. I'm dreaming with the Lord. Come on, Lord, where are we going next? What are we going to do? Come on, man. Does anybody get excited like that? My God, if you did, you, your prayer life would rock your world. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't stop praying. I've got to hear what he says next because what he says next is going to blow people's minds. Amen? Amen? (laughs) You see, the question is, do you dwell in the vision? Do you dwell in the prophecy? Because the prophecy calls things that don't exist as though they do. You know what? The prophecy, we talked a lot about this last night, that The prophecy that comes to you is actually the books of heaven that are written about you being revealed on earth, right? Didn't Jesus say to pray that way? On earth as it is in heaven? And all you have to do is position yourself to hear, oh my gosh, on earth as it is in heaven. This is what the Lord wrote about me before the foundations of the earth, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes me liberated too, man. My gosh, the Lord wrote a book about me before the earth was even formed. The Bible. <laughs> the Bible. Yeah, we're getting liberated in here tonight. The Bible actually says that the destiny of a man is locked in his heart, and only the living God can unlock it. You can't read your way to it. You can't follow enough biblical principles to get to it. There's only one key that unlocks who you really are, and that's His voice. And when His voice speaks into you and says, I don't care if you're just a youth. I don't care if you're just a boy. I don't care when they say that you're never qualified. You're not going to measure up. I don't care what they say. It's what I say. And when I reach into your heart and I turn that key and I pull you out and say, you're going to India. You're going to Toledo. You're going to rock people's world. There's going to be a thousand plus a thousand plus a thousand pastors that pray in tongues that never even knew my Holy Spirit before. That's what He's going to do to you. Come on, do you have faith to expect in the, in the bigger thing? You see, there's no way you get to that unless you actually start out believing in the simple dream. Right? Do you believe in the prophecy? 
Paul said this to Timothy, by your prophecies, you wage war. You know what that means? That means that as impossible as it sounds, that when he says and redefines you according to what he wrote about you, that you believe it. Not the limitations, not the insecurity, not the inabilities that the world imprisoned you in. But you believe how the Lord is speaking to you and He takes you beyond anything, beyond your wildest imagination, beyond anything you could ask or think. His thoughts of you are good. His thoughts of you are great. His thoughts of you are peace. His thoughts of you are victorious with your foot on your enemy's head. Right? With your foot on your enemy's head. My God, I know the I am. I know my I am. I know my God. He would never leave me or forsake me. Come on, didn't David, didn't David say it? He would never leave me or forsake me. My God, in the valley of the shadow of death, I learned that He is with me, that there's no darkness that can keep me down. There is no darkness that can defeat me. There's nothing that can squash me. I'm a, I'm a boy, I'm a youth, but I can kill giants. Right? I can kill giants. Come on, raise your hand and, and, and say this with me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I'm a giant killer. Every generational curse, I declare war against you. I'm hunting you. And I'm embracing peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. You see, when the Lord came to Jeremiah... Talked about this last night with the youth, and man, the youth just, there was a move of God in here with the youth, right? When the Lord came to Jeremiah, he says, Oh, I'm just a youth. And what did the Lord say? Jeremiah 1, verse 7. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am but a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you to. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him, do not say you're just a youth. Do not say you're just an old man or an old woman. Do not say your life is over. It's what the Lord says. It's what the Lord says. Because you know why? The Lord says, I will touch your mouth. He tells Jeremiah, I will touch your mouth. And when my word comes in your mouth, it will do this. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over kingdoms to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, build and to plant. That's the description of prophecy. That's a description of dreams. That's a description of the vision of the Lord. He's describing that when I speak, I will tear down the false premise. I will tear down the false narrative. I will rip it out. I will pull it by the root. Rip it out. And I will plant what you are. I will plant what you're going to do. I will plant it. And it will grow up. And it will bear fruit. Right? Come on, man. Come on. My gosh, is there anybody like excited to pray tomorrow morning? Can I get an amen? Because if you hear Him, you become that giant killer. You step into the supernatural. You conquer cities. You conquer churches. You conquer school systems. Amen? Amen. So, where, where's, uh, did, is there any of the youth that would want to kind of give a quick testimony of 
what the presence of the Lord felt last night? Anybody? Come on up here. Just feel free to tell them what happened. All right. So I'm going to kind of um, retract my steps just a little bit. So all my life, I've had like very vivid dreams. And I was kind of just like, oh, you know, whatever. Like, that. I guess that's just me. And it was actually the night Lance was here. Um, and he was right over there. And he was out in the Holy Spirit for, like, the longest time ever. <laughs> and um, he gave me a word about um, feet with wings and that I would travel the world fast, like, Mercury, the moon goddess, I think that was it. (laughs) And I was kind of like, okay, like, I'm going to travel the world, yay. And after that, I kind of started having visions. And I was like, okay, now I'm having visions. (laughs) What's going on? And I didn't really know how to, like, discern them yet. And then he came, you came again, and... It was another prophecy that I had a dove on my shoulder and that, like, the I was very cautious. And I did, the dove represented the Holy Spirit and his presence. And I was, like, walking very cautiously and, like, I didn't want the dove to fall off of my shoulder. <laughs> and after that, I was, like, kind of starting to discern the dreams and the visions and, um... Sorry, I'm a little brain fogged. Um, But I started to be able to discern those type of things. But I was like, well, God, he said that I was going to start traveling. Like, I haven't seen that yet. But um, this summer, I've actually gone to a couple of camps. And I've gone on a missions trip to Colorado. And within those places, God's given me words for different people. And when I'm speaking to those people... (laughs) It's like, I, I can't even comprehend what I'm saying. It's like the Holy Spirit is speaking through me. Like, I don't even remember what I told those people. Sometimes I have to text them. I'm like, hey, what did I tell you? Because <laughs> I don't know what I said to you. Um, and then last night, um, well, I have a problem with obedience, obeying the Lord, because I'm very anxious, like, to talk to people. I'm like, mm, no, like, I'm going to stay in my space. You know, you can have yours. And he gave me that word about I would have a new confidence and that he, um, the Lord was unlocking a new level of prophecy in me. And, uh, yeah, so I feel like just to be able to, like, get up here and share and kind of what I've done in Camden Church, because I've spoke a couple times there, um, is kind of just confirmation throughout these past years. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, give her a hand. Yeah, so somebody received a prophecy and her life started changing. Imagine that. Amen? It's like you were dreaming. Oh my gosh, it didn't exist before, right? It, think about it. That life did not exist until the prophecy came, until the dream came. And you entered the dream, right? And the dream started, it's like a river. It starts to meander you down through. I mean, imagine where she's going to go next. 
I mean, she got confident. She's been building. Every time I've been here, I've prophesied over different things, and and she's growing. She's she's stepping in to the power of the Holy Ghost. Right, right. Imagine where you're going to be in three years. Imagine where you're going to be in five years. That's what dreaming with the Lord is. Like like if he ta- if he has a progression for you, right. He launches you with wings. He then puts, oh my gosh, you're face to face with the dove. And then your confidence is going to grow, meaning the boldness of the Holy Spirit is going to start coming out of you. And no longer are you just going to have visions. You're going to start prophesying over people. You're going to start calling things out that don't exist as though they do. And you're going to start changing people's lives. Amen? Amen. Do you think El Dorado could use and and Camden could use a, a few more prophetic people? Huh? Lance needs more people in the, in the prophetic army going down the street to, to, to light people on fire. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, so... It's not just about the excitement piece. It's not just about what you're going to do. The Lord is actually has a personal element with the whole thing. Right? His goal is not just to put you to work. His, his major goal is to restore you, right? He cares for you as a son and a daughter. And the greatest identity in the kingdom is a person who knows, I am the, the son of God. I am a daughter of God. Isn't that what Jesus says? Amen. That you'll be sons, you'll be daughters, right? That's the power of the Holy Ghost. Malachi, uh, Malachi chapter 4 says that when the spirit of Elijah comes, the father's hearts will be turned to the youth and the youth will be turned to the fathers. Right? Okay, so there's a prophetic connection there. And, and the revelation of it is that the Lord cares for you personally. And when you, when you have the revelation of that He cares for you personally, that you step out of having to perform your way in church, how to perform your way to meet the Bible... People kind of freak out when I coach them through spiritual maturity and I say, put your Bible down. Just put it down. Listen. And you're going to hear Him shower you with awesome things. And it's those awesome things that He showers you with in your prayer life that actually change your spiritual DNA. Your confidence comes from the relationship. Your, your, your peace he imparts peace. I mean, there's a lot of people in here come out of broken homes, right? You don't know what a true father is. So you have a wrong image of, my gosh, the God, God is angry at me. God's mad at me. I, and, and so you don't actually know how to sit with Him. And He actually takes you by the hand, takes you to a safe place. That's what a prayer life is. It's a safe place. I literally find a place to sit and rest. And I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, expecting my Father to expand the dreams that He's put in my life, right? And his, his ultimate goal, before the Lord ever sent me to India, ever sent me to Toledo, ever sent me to start School of the Spirit or anything, He restored me. He had to heal me, okay? He had to... And I was a pretty messed up guy, right? He had to, he had to literally reorder my thought process. And it came from um, a fasting and prayer life. Okay, so I encourage you, fasting and prayer is, is the centerpiece. Jesus said that, you, that His disciples will fast and pray. It's not, he didn't say you'll, you'll go to church and have to conform to, to an image. 
If you fast and pray, He speaks into your life. Okay? And so I want to focus tonight on how the Lord actually speaks into your life. Do you feel that? I mean, do you, do you feel the shift in the atmosphere? The Father is coming into this room tonight to restore people. Okay? Shalom, peace. Anybody hear of the word shalom? Shalom is the word um, used in in much of the the scripture to to describe peace and there's different aspects of it there's there's one aspect of it that describes um literally putting peace in your heart where you had no peace right allowing you to be comfortable with who you are allowing you to be comfortable with him that he loves you that he's not angry at you right there's acceptance there's all this stuff that happens when he begins to restore your heart to a revelation that He loves you. Because if you, don't, if you don't know that He loves you, you will never step into the supernatural. It's the love that allows you to stand in the darkest places on earth. It's the love that allows me to, to go on the other side of the world, oftentimes one person into dark places. Okay? How's that happen? Because I know I'm not alone, baby. I know the army of heaven walks with me. If you want to mess with me, you're messing with my Father. You're messing with my Savior. You're messing with my Holy Ghost. Amen? That's where your strength comes from. And so, you know, a restored life is described as in the kingdom of heaven as righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Right? Do you laugh with God? Everybody, anybody in here ever been overcome with the joy of the Lord? Like, oh my God, my God loves me. <sighs> do you ever have a revelation? You start, oh my God, he lo- I don't have to do anything. He just loves me. <laughs> and I mean, holy heck. That changes the whole concept of, re- of what religion made being a Christian in church. I mean, that's such a lie. It's about acceptance. It's about um, Him changing you. You know, I've said this for probably about 10 years. I, when, the, when the Lord took me through this process, I had this revelation. I said, um, I have this saying, my wife repeats it all the time. Every, almost every week she says, it's not a sin issue, it's a Jesus issue. Do you realize your sin was conquered by Jesus Christ? Right? If you don't have the revelation, and that's what I was talking about, that teaching series, the cross, the mountain, and the new creature. When you, rev- when you have the revelation that the cr- on the cross, the blood of Jesus, He carried your sin, right? The curse, was, the curse that's on you was on Him. And if you can't grasp that concept, you can't grasp that Jesus, it died. The curse on you died with Jesus. And the sin, the word sin, actually, actually the, the centerpiece of sin is disconnection. It's not the action, right? Like if you're a thief, if, if you're into fornication, if you're, if you're struggling with that stuff, that's just a, a symptom of disconnection. And the disconnection is the, the, what Satan, he thrives in it. His whole goal is to keep you disconnected because if you're disconnected and you don't know that you're loved, you don't know that you are a son of God, a daughter of God, that He has a plan for your life, You'll try to keep stopping because you feel condemnation. What did, what did what's, uh, Romans 8 say? It says, for there now is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit 
has made you free from the law of sin and death. Sin and death doesn't exist whenever you are in the Holy Ghost. Whenever you sit down and say, I don't care what I feel. I don't care what's going on around me. When I sit down, my Father loves me. It's going to be like a waterfall over me. It's going to drench me. I'm going to laugh today. I'm going to have peace today. I'm going to have joy in the Holy Ghost today. Because your whole expectation is centered upon you knowing that you are loved. When you're loved, you are a weapon. You can't be cheated. You can't be stolen from. You can't be manipulated because your centerpiece of life is Him. Right? It's like a waterfall drenching over you every day. It's like Satan's junk can't stick to you. Hopelessness can't stick to you. Faithlessness, pain, hurt can't stick to you because His waterfall washes over you. He's going to speak what you need to hear today. Amen? I mean, the relationship with the Lord is peace, joy, laughter, financial deliverance, restoration of families, right? Anybody expecting full like financial restoration, like favor beyond your worth, right? We're all, we're all not worth a whole lot, except when the Lord says, I'm going to favor you. And suddenly a hundred dollar check, a thousand dollar check shows up in your mailbox. You don't know where it came from. The Lord just starts showering you, right? And so I'm just going to tell you a few stories of how the Lord, I've dreamed with the Lord on restoration, okay? But I want to kind of set the stage of a, there's a promise when the Lord pours out His Spirit that He talks about in Joel 2.28. He says, when He pours out His Spirit, you'll dream His dream. You'll see his vision and you will prophesy. You heard cricket talking about the arrows and turning to the east window. If you connect the dots, the prophet told the king that if you would have hit, struck the arrows six or seven times, your enemies would not stand before you. Do you know what that actually means? The arrow is the symbol of prophecy. So when the Lord speaks to you, He gives you a dream or a vision. When you start to say it, when you start to align your heart with it, because the the Word of the Lord says, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. If you really believe it and you start to say it, you're firing an arrow out the window. You get up the next day and you fire arrows out the window. And you fire arrows out the window. You fire arrows out the window. And pretty soon you're convincing God that you believe what He actually told you. And when your heart's aligned, Satan can't stand before you. And your enemies won't stand before you. So you fire arrows. You know what I do every day? I sit, I pray in the Holy Ghost. I listen to Him. And then there's times I pull out all the prophecies, all the dreams, and I keep firing arrows out that window. I fire arrows out that window every day of my life. Lord, you remember when you said this? I believe it. And I fire that arrow. I believe it. And I say restoration. You remember when you said this about my kids? And I fire those arrows. There's things I'm living in now that I prophesied after the Lord spoke to me 10 years ago that are now coming to fruition. So the word about firing the arrows, when you receive a prophecy, when you get a dream of the Lord, a vision, the scripture, the, the Psalm 126 scripture, it is if we were dreaming We were released out of captivity. Do you know that prophecy, that dream, is actually pulling you in deeper into restoration? It's pulling you out of captivity and deeper into restoration. So why wouldn't you dream with God? Why wouldn't you sit in His presence and dream what He's dreaming? And fire those arrows out the window. And keep keep speaking what He said. Because what He said... Doesn't the, didn't the whole story start with the darkness not being able to stop the light? 
It says the Lord looked for the darkness and He spoke into the darkness and the darkness was at the mercy of the light. You have been granted as a son of God the most powerful weapon on earth, which is the voice of God. And when what comes out of your mouth is what what comes out of His mouth, your enemies will not stand before you. What resist what resisting keeps you in darkness and pain and hurt cannot cannot stand. The darkness cannot. It doesn't have a chance, right? So if you speak. You are actually dry. If you prophesy what the Lord said, right? The darkness, it, it's literally Satan. Can you picture Satan? <laughs> oh my God, there's an army being awakened in El Dorado. Oh my God. Oh my God, I got to break this group up. I got to figure out how to make this guy mad at this guy. And that guy just say he's going to quit. I've got to figure it out. People, people ask me in the last couple of days, I've had people come up to me, man, I'm feeling sick. Man, I, I, I just, why, why am I, why is this like, I feel pressure, I don't want to come. You know why? Because you're on the verge of having an army awakened. When the, when the prophetic voice comes to town, do you, know, do you know why Satan is afraid? Do you know why Satan has many churches trained to actually reject prophecy? Trying to get them to think that they can do it without the Holy Ghost? Right? You just, all you need is a Bible. You know why? Because He's got you at that point. He's actually got you. Because the Bible actually says that life comes from the Spirit. Life comes from the Spirit of God. Life comes from the prophetic voice speaking into people and saying, you're not what the world said you are. You are what the Lord says you are. And pretty soon there's an angel around you. There's five angels around you. The Holy Ghost is visiting you in the nighttime, pulling you into your true destiny. Amen? Amen. And it all centers, it all starts with you recognizing that He wants to speak to you as a son or daughter. His ultimate goal is to restore you. So back to the dream. This is uh, Joel chapter 2, starting with verse 24. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. The wine and oil is a symbol of the Holy Ghost. Okay, the covenant and the anointing. I will restore to you the years the swarming locusts have eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. Has anybody experienced the hopper, the cutter, the destroying locusts, taking things from you? No matter how hard you work, the money just goes through your fingers. No matter how hard you work your relationship, it just stays broken. Right? You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. Shame shall not be what you identify with. Brokenness shall not be what you identify with. Pain shall not be what you identify with. Because your new identity is in Christ, who is the I Am, the miracle worker, the one who conquers all darkness. So do you identify with the I Am? Well then, righteousness, peace, and joy is your gifting. It is your, it is your blessing. Favor. Overcoming is, 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 what sons and daughters rest and expect in. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am with you. 
and that I am the Lord your God, and there is none else, and my people shall never again be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. You will dream dreams, you have the word of the Lord, you will get visions, and you will prophesy. You will shoot arrows out that window, and your enemy of brokenness, and pain, and miserable relationships, and hurt, and fear, nightmares, will leave you. Because the arrow that comes out of your mouth that I put in you, you align your heart with it. And you have no choice but to receive my grace, my mercy, my righteousness, my peace, my joy. Amen? Amen. Anybody need, anybody need some peace? Anybody need some, some joy? Anybody need some Holy Ghost uh, roll on the ground laughter? When's the last time you actually went into your prayer and started laughing? Man, it happens to me, I don't know, every few weeks. I think I'm just going in there. I've ha- I had the Lord show up to me one day. And I, was, I, had scriptures, I had scriptures laid out. And I start hammering out these scriptures. And I'm saying, this is what you said, Lord. This is what you said, Lord. And he goes, David, David, David. Can we just laugh today? And I went, what I was actually doing was working for my salvation. Right? And he goes... I just want to hang out with you. Can we laugh? And I'm like, what do you mean? You mean like force myself to laugh? And he goes, no, I want to laugh with you. And it was like I felt this hand come down on me. And the next thing you know, I start to chuckle. The next thing you know, I start to giggle. Two minutes later, I'm on the floor. (laughs) Can't stop laughing, man. Just laughing. Redefining a father in my life. Anybody anybody need a redefinition of a father just wanting to hang out and laugh with you? Huh? He's not angry at you? <laughs> just say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, visit me like you visited David. Put your hand on me. Show your mercy upon my life and cause me to laugh with you. Cause me to dream with you. So, let me just talk to you about restitution. You guys know what restitution is? Restitution is actually like a payback. It's a, it's a, a, a reciprocal, right? It's, it's something that is rightfully yours, but was stolen from you by the enemy. Okay? And so... When the Lord was teaching me to rest in His presence in the early days and, and literally praying in the Spirit and just let Him begin to launch dreams in me, I started having supernatural encounters. Uh, I was taken to heaven. I was just all these in things where the Lord just like made Himself so real in my life. And in this one encounter, um, I'm standing in a courtroom in heaven. And Jesus is standing beside me. And there's this big, um, there, 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 there's, a, there's, there's a council, okay? There's a council of uh, what I would call men of wisdom, like judges. Um, and Jesus is standing beside me. And all of a sudden, he snaps his fingers, okay? And my parents' bathroom appears beside me. And the mirror that I looked in every day, brushing my teeth growing up, is like, it's cracked, okay? 
I'm looking at it, and all of a sudden, Jesus starts with His finger, and He says, he says this, The court of heaven hereby grants David Cuppet 36 years of restitution dating back to 1981. And he, he writes 1981, 1982, 1983, all the way up to, till the current year that I had. And all of a sudden, boom, I'm gone. I, like I'm back, I'm back in my prayer room and the, I'm just like blown away. I wasn't asking to be restored. The Lord came to me and said, I'm going to restore you. I am declaring, the courts of heaven are declaring restitution back in your life. And you may say, what happened? What happened? Well, in 1981, I can tell you the very exact day that my life took a bad turn. I was standing um, in, in the basketball court uh, in the parking, parking area uh, adjacent to my house. And I saw a car pull up and my dad got out and he walked down the driveway and he, I could tell something was wrong, and I walked up. I said, "What happened?" He goes, "I lost my job." In 1981, um, the three steel mills uh, that were in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, all shut down. The whole economy went like gone. I'm talking, no money. There were no jobs. There was nothing. And instantly, overnight, I was one of those kids that went to. You know, I told you a little bit about this last night. Government cheese, free lunch tokens. You know, nothing. We had no. I mean, I got my first car out of a junkyard, okay? And I was angry. I didn't know how angry I was, but the Lord knew how angry I was. He knew that something was stolen from me. He knew that the enemy came into my family and stole life from my family. And you know what he did? In the very day that, 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 um, the very day that held me captive in that anger and resentment, he came back and said, 1981, 1982, 1983, I am going to restore to you the years that the locusts stole from you. And I started asking him questions. What's that mean, Lord? What's that mean? And just a little bit more background. I was so angry in high school. I used to get up at 6 a.m., get picked up by a friend and drink six, eight beers before I even got to school. And I'd sit there stone drunk, numb trying to numb myself to get through the day. So just a little bit of background. You know, I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care what happened to you. The Lord has a plan to restore your life. Okay? And so all these things start flooding back and why and why the anger and, and all that stuff. And the next day, you know, the Lord, the Lord starts uh, uh, to speak to me and suddenly I'm in a vision and I'm standing in front of this bank Satan is standing at the door of the bank and I see money sticking out the windows and I'm standing by Jesus and there's a legion. There's like all these angels around Jesus and Jesus is sitting there like he's real cocky. He goes, you see all that money sticking out outside of that bank? That's yours. And we came to get it back. And he went like this and all of a sudden those angels started going into that bank and Satan was like, How do I? he couldn't stop it. Satan couldn't stop it, baby. Are you with me? Satan couldn't stop it. And over the last five years, I told you a little bit about this last night. Um, every two years, the Lord just, He's increased my income. I mean, from 2014 till now, the Lord's actually doubled my income. Okay? And so, He has all, just, He, he has restored me financially. He's restored my family. He has reached into my life and just done things that are supernatural. 
And in the midst of some of the darkest days of my life, I mean, the Lord would come and speak to me. And he'd say, I have a plan for all three of your kids. Took me, he, took me, he took me into heaven and I saw the names of all three of my kids written on white stones. It was in a library. And never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that all three of my kids would be in ministry school. I never pushed them. I never said anything to them about it. You don't have to do this. I let the Lord, I pray for them and let them hear the Lord. And they all made, they all made choices. And that doesn't mean they're going to do great things in ministry. They, they've made choices to follow and search out their relationship and identity with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So part of the restoration is building relationship with my, with my lineage, right? With my children, with my grandchildren, with my great grandchildren. Anybody pray like that? I prayed down 70 generations that my children, my great-grandchildren will kill giants. They'll preach to the nations. They will raise the dead. They will cast out devils. They will heal the sick. They will make millions. They will be the lender and not the borrower. Amen? 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 Does anybody get excited like that in your prayer life? You see, I had this, this other dream. And this is where like the restoration of my soul, the insides of me started to, to change. Okay. The Lord, the Lord, um, I had this dream one night and in this dream, I'm laying on an operating table. Okay. And I've got an IV in both arms and there's, there's, there's wine. Okay. There's wine hooked up in this IV and Jesus has a bottle of wine. So don't get me wrong. I don't condone drinking and, and all that stuff. The Bible says, be drunk with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, right? So the Bible actually says, be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Be intoxicated with His love. Be overcome with His love. And so Jesus is actually hooking me up to an IV. And He's, he's feeding me by mouth. And He's feeding me intravenously with His wine. Do you think it's important? You think it's important that you learn how to, to, to um, take in His wine? To receive His wine? The wine is a symbol, right? The wine is at His table. The bread and the wine are at His table. And He says, when you sit with Me, you dine with Me. You eat My bread, you drink My wine. The wine is a symbol of covenant. The oil is a symbol of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Right? His covenant. He's with Me. He's with Me. He's with Me. And a lot of what your restoration comes from, people chase after the anointing thinking the anointing is going to do great things launch them into ministry but it's actually the wine he cares for you he cares he wants to fill you with his wine he wants to bless you because he's in covenant with you he came to fight for you he came to love you he came to conquer your enemies for you amen and all he's looking to do is so overcome you with his presence that you literally embrace and become in this true covenant. Do you believe the new covenant? It's simply you in relationship with a God that conquers your enemies. You see, a lot of us end up trying to fight our problems ourselves instead of learning to sit and listen and allow His covenant to do the work for you. See, that will intoxicate you alone if you learn how to do that. I'm not working today in prayer. You know what I'm doing today? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere until I get drunk. Hey, I might be a crazy prophetic guy, but listen, I'm looking at a crazy prophetic church. 
they're going to be calling you crazy because you're going to learn to be so intoxicated in the presence of the Lord. It's the presence, right? It's the expectation in the presence. And so back to the dream. So Jesus, I'm on an operating table getting intoxicated. Jesus pulls out a scalpel and he's laughing with me. And he cuts open my belly. And when he cuts open my belly, all of these worms are in my belly. And don't go, there's something wrong with David. Listen, there's something wrong with all of us. Jesus, get the worms out of me. You see, the worm, I had to study the worm and it took me back. The Lord took me back to to, uh, Joel chapter 2. You know, the hopper, the cutter, the locust. One of the stages is a larva, a worm. Okay? And those four stages that are described is no matter what stage in life you're at, one of those four evil things is going to steal life from you. And the Lord was saying to me that I'm pulling the larva. I'm pulling what is trying to impregnate you. I'm, I'm cleaning it out. And I'm watching. I'm drinking wine while He's literally cleaning the, 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 the larva, the worms, the locusts out of me. Right? And He's pouring wine in me. He's your doctor, man. He's your minister. Right? He's your deliverer. He's the guy who gets you intoxicated. Does Jesus get you intoxicated? Huh? Amen? So I'll tell you about one more dream here. Um, This is a pretty cool dream. You guys okay? You You like hearing about dreaming with the Lord? Dreaming about being intoxicated? Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, teach me to dream with expectation. That your new wine would intoxicate me. Fill me with laughter. Fill me with joy. Fill me with peace. (laughs) Cause me to take on the nature of my Father and laugh at my enemies. Do you know that's what Psalm chapter 2 says? It says the Father sits in heaven and laughs at His enemies. He's not afraid of Satan. He laughs at him. Satan's a whipping boy. He whistles them up when it's time to test you, to grow you, to take you into the next season of life. Because when you conquer them in one season, you know the Lord's going to be with you to conquer them in the next, and then the next, and then the next. And suddenly you start to realize it's rigged in your favor. It's actually rigged for you. It's, oh my gosh, all I have to do is let my Father win my battles. I'm going to sit here today because I need charged up. I need fueled up in the Holy Ghost. I need intoxicated today. Because my father told me that I would laugh like him. That I literally would laugh like him. And so, as the Lord was launching me um, into ministry, um, I had this dream where I hear the front doorbell ring. Okay? And so I run, I run to the front door of my house. I open the door and, and uh, there's a UPS package at the front of my house. I I cut it open, and it's a king's robe. Okay? I open it up. I put the the king's robe on me. And when I put the... I start to put the king's robe on me. I'm looking out in the front yard, and the front yard is full of thorns. Okay? I'm like... I'm thinking to myself, why are there thorns in my front yard? But when I put the king's robe on me, suddenly the thorns became a vineyard. 
It was full of grapes and angels harvesting grapes and they were had a wine press. They were, they were making wine. And I'm like, what did we talk about last night? When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, He told them in Luke 20, 24, 49, He said, stay in this city till I clothe you. Till I put my cloth on you. Till I put my mantle on you. Right? And so the Lord gave me a king's robe. He was putting a new cloth on me. That no matter what I saw in the natural, no matter how bad the thorn bushes looked in my front yard, in what appeared all around me, when I put on the king's robe, he turns thorn bushes into a vineyard, to a place of his promise, to a place of his, his Holy Ghost, to a place of the supernatural, to a place of laughter. Right? And so I'm in awe. I'm like, I have the robe on. I'm looking. And um, I walked to the side of the house and I started to look in the back of the house. And when I got to the back of the house, there was an olive grove. And there's angels working in the olive grove, collecting, it, collecting olives and, and, and squeezing oil. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I'm like, you know, just to remind you guys, verse 24, Jewel 2, The threshing floor shall be full of grain and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. What's the Lord showing me? What's he telling me? The, he, the wine and the oil is becoming prevalent, right? It is becoming so prevalent. I'm living in the dream. Amen. Come on, man. Anybody living in the dream? He's confirming to me that I'm living in the dream, right? And so I'm walking around the back of my house, and this is all in a dream, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm walking around the back of my house, and all of a sudden I hear laughter. I'm like, Where's that coming from? And I, I start walking around the back of my house onto the driveway and I'm looking in the garage door and where I usually park my car, the garage door's up and I hear laughter coming out like drunk laughter. And I walk over, I look in and I see this big black horse. Jesus and a big black horse and the horse is laughing hysterically. Okay? There's a trough in front of the horse and it's filled with wine. There's an angel dumping wine and the horse is like... <laughs> and he's laughing. He's laughing hysterically. And I walk in and I'm, I'm in shock. You ever been in shock in your dream? I'm in shock and I'm like, this is kind of crazy, man. I mean, a laughing horse in my garage. And all of a sudden Jesus looks at me and He says, this is what you're going to ride from now on. You're going to ride a ministry of laughter. You're going to ride a ministry of restoration. You're going to ride a ministry of healing. And so all I can testify of is when I go places, what you saw happen last night, youth getting healed, people crying, baptized in the Holy Ghost, getting up off the floor like undone in the Holy Ghost. That's not me. That came out of a dream. That was an equipping the Lord was confirming to me out of a dream that no matter where I go, it may appear like thorn bushes. But the Lord says, that's a vineyard. That's a wine. That, that, that's an olive grove. And there's laughter. And I'm standing there in the garage. And Jesus says, you ready to get on this horse? I said, absolutely. He says, wait a minute. And he took his finger and he wrote this scripture on the back of the horse. It said, Revelation 11.11. 11. Revelation 11 is about the two witnesses. The two guys that walk with God. Right? They witnessed. And the, and the, and the, the Lord let them be killed. But scripture, the Scripture 11.11, 11, 
says that the hand of the Lord came and resurrected them. And the, what was the Lord signifying to me? That He was resurrecting me into a new thing. He was resurrecting me into a supernatural thing. It may appear to the world that you're riding a laughter horse is, is some, it's a crazy thing. But all I can tell you is everywhere I go, people are either laughing, crying, they get up off the floor, they're, they're something that they weren't there's something supernatural. They believe, like you heard the testimony at the start of church, that she heard the vision of the Lord, and it progressed, it progressed. Suddenly now she's seeing visions, and now she's living in the dream. She is the dream. The dream of the Lord is in you, right? And as soon as you get tapped into it, as soon as your heart gets turned and unlocked, and you begin to dream with Him, expecting the vision, expecting the dream, expecting, right? What did I tell you? I expect to laugh with the Lord every day. I expect to laugh with the Lord every day. Do you, does, that, does that make you guys kind of... That whole laughter thing, I'm not sure about that. Huh? Okay, there's some crazy things that happen in church in, in charismatic, supernatural places, right? Okay, getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. That's like one level of crazy. Then... Kind of the whole, are demons real, demons not real, and seeing a devil get cast out. That's kind of the next level crazy. Last night, there were a lot of demons coming out of, out of people. As the prophecy was coming forward and re, redefining people, people are laying on the ground, they're crying, or <laughs> coughing, and, and they're expelling that spirit that caused pain, that spirit that caused brokenness, right? It's not just you. When you get born again in Christ, you're a new creature. He has redefined you. And so the only thing that can keep you broken is a broken spirit. The only thing that can keep you in pain is a painful spirit. The only thing that can keep you angry is an angry spirit. Okay? So, you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. That's kind of weird. Then you got casting out devils. Oh, my gosh. Supernatural is real. But then laughter... Laughter, laughter, when the church breaks out in holy laughter, that's like a whole new level of, I give myself over to the Holy Ghost. Like, oh my gosh, I can't help but laugh. I can't, I can't, all I can do right now is just laugh. Amen? All I can do is laugh. And so, I'll tell you one more story and then we're going to start to pray. Um, I was in India about three years ago on one particular event. And I was in this church and I don't know when holy laughter is going to show up. I, you know, sometimes I kind of have an indication it's going to happen. Other times I just don't know. Like I'll be preaching a message on healing or or something. And all of a sudden I can, I can feel, I can feel it. It's like, it's like a lightning bolt. It starts to hit me. I start to giggle. Well, I'm in front of a couple hundred Indians, okay? And if you know anything about the Indian culture, Indians are like stoic. It's actually illegal to laugh in church in India, okay? So this is like, this is like breaking all kind of rules, okay? And so I start, I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And my interpreter, my interpreter, as he's saying what I'm saying, he's looking at me and he's like, he starts to laugh, and he starts to laugh hysterically. And pretty soon I'm speaking and there's no words coming out of his mouth because all he's doing is laughing. And the next thing I know, he falls, he falls down. He's laying on the ground. And I look 
and the pastors that are sitting on the stage, because that's, you know, that's their culture. They, it's important to be on, on the stage, right? To present them as high and mighty. I don't mean that in a mean way, but you kind of get the picture, right? And so they're all like, oh my gosh, what's, this is, you know, they're, they're, I can see them. And the, and the guy that invited me, that got my, my contact, He's, he's, try, he's trying to get people calmed down because he saw this before with me, right? So he's talking, he's talking to all of them. And um, I just keep suddenly laugh. All of a sudden, the woman starts to laugh, falls out of her chair. Okay? I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. She falls out of her chair. Another person starts to laugh. Pretty soon, the whole congregation is laughing. I've got my arm around another girl, and, and she's, she can hardly stand up. Whoever I touched started to fall down laughing. And one of the lead pastors stood up because he was going to come shut it down. And all I can describe it as I turned to the guy, and I started to speak to him. And when I put my hand, I went like this to him. He fell back in his chair and he started to be overcome with laughter. And the rest of the guys who were thinking of stopping it sat there and were scared to death. They're just watching. I'm not getting up. I'm not getting up. Right? And so for the next 30 minutes, holy laughter took over, took over the whole church. Right? And so, you know, guys, when the Spirit of God is going to do something, the supernatural becomes normal. Right? And you become to, you you tend to become expectant in the supernatural. Does anybody does anybody come in tonight expecting prophecy? Did anybody come in tonight expecting to see deliverance and have a demon cast out anybody? Come on, man! You should all be raising your hands. Did anybody show up tonight and say, you know what? This could be the night. That I see supernatural signs, wonders, holy laughter embracing people that need healed. Right? Lord, we just pray have your way here tonight. <laughs> Lord, we pray that your sons and daughters would be imparted the nature of the one who sits on the throne and laughs at the enemy in mockery. Lord we just pray Lord that you put people right now put people right now on that hospital bed Lord hook them up to the wine IV cut them open Lord and start removing all those worms and the the different stages of destruction in their life Lord (laughs) we just pray Lord for every person who still after years of saying they believe can't get over the brokenness we just command brokenness to go because the laughter of the Lord is more powerful than the brokenness We just declare that the laughter, the covenant of Almighty God changes every thorn, every every, um, realm of thorns, every field of thorns that dwells in people's hearts are right now being turned into a vineyard, a place, Lord, where where the grape will be turned into wine and that they too shall be mounted upon a laughing horse. They shall be mounted on a ministry 
that everywhere they go, they're saying, "What? who is your God? And you say, my God is happy with me. My God is in love with me. My God laughs with me. My God knows me. My God wraps his arms around me. My God breathes life into me. And all I can do when I get up in the morning is giggle with my Father and laugh with my Savior and listen to my Holy Ghost Put the dream in me. I'm living in a dream. All I can do is laugh. Because the Lord's plans for me, He has thoughts of goodness, thoughts of greatness, thoughts of overcoming, thoughts of blessing, thoughts of peace, thoughts of financial blessing. Lord, I pray for every person here who's had life and money and and relationships stolen from them. Lord, I just release Your army into the bank that Satan guards where all their money has been stolen. And I call it back. I call back their finances. I call back. I call poverty broken. And I hear the Lord say, I'm putting upon you the anointing of holy laughter that you will laugh at poverty. You will laugh at sickness. You will laugh at disease because you know that I am with you, says the Lord. So, Father, in Jesus' name, let the restoring, healing laughter come upon the hearts. Lord, let it come in Jesus' name. Let the power of restoration come in the name of Jesus.